0: You're listening to Razor Rips with Keith Razor and Alan Lee, right here on LA Talk Radio.
1: Hey guys, welcome to the show. This is week 7 or 8 or whatever. I'm here uh, with my trusty sidekick, Alan Lee. Hello, hello everyone. How's everyone doing? Uh, uh, This is interesting because usually we do like a opening remark and then we bring up the guest. But this guest... uh, Those you don't know, he's one of the coolest guys in the world. Very special guest. He used to be the main talent booker at the world famous comedy store. So, Tommy Morris, guys. Say hi to Tommy Morris,
0: ladies and gentlemen. Good to be here. Yeah.
1: Great to have you. This is fun. (laughs) I I didn't expect Tommy to... (laughs) No, we did not. Yeah, this is like a little treat. (laughs) Living
0: in uh, Sherman
2: Oaks was helpful, too. (laughs) I know. (laughs) A little close by. Yeah,
1: (laughs) usually when I ask people if they want to do it, they're like, where is it? It's like Sherman Oaks. I'm like, "Yeah, no thanks. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of
2: people live here in Sherman Oaks.
1: Yeah, but the traffic... Michael
2: lives like a couple streets behind where I do. I see him walking around taking a stroll. Oh, does he? It's a residential feel. I mean, think. Keep, just keep in mind, it's south of the Boulevard or north of the Boulevard. North of the Boulevard, yeah, you're the Valley. South of the Boulevard, that's on the other side of Beverly Hills. Oh my God, do we
1: already have a phone call. Let's oh, put uh, on the
0: headphones. headphones. Oh, for heaven's
1: sakes, that's uh, we. Oui. This is like two seconds. Hey, you're on the air. Who's this? Hello. Hello from What's this? Hello. All right.
2: Yeah, that was a good one. That was a, that was a, great, good, great, that was a great phone call. call. Right? That was That's one to
1: you, put the headphones on. Used he, to get those kind of phone calls late <laughs> at night working in clubs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Them. You now, go. before you, you were at the comedy store, you worked in Florida at clubs. At, yeah. What would know, you do there? You were
2: kind of a person, a little jack of all trades type thing. Yeah. Um, I got out of college uh, down in northern Florida, Jacksonville uh before i finished school i did some touring theater for about a year and yeah, although it was okay i didn't like it so i had one semester left at school and then i started working in a nightclub yeah and when i started working in a nightclub because of being a musical theater type person you have a lot of personality maybe more than your you typical know. person that working in a nightclub yeah, sure. so yeah. i kind of got into uh doing their sk- skits and all this type of stuff and and then later on, I booked bands, I uh, did television commercials. I was like a big fish in a small pond in Jacksonville. It's the truth. Uh, I worked at the one club two years, a national chain called Confetti, and then I started working at a club called T-Birds. And people, comedians have mocked me out for that, that have known me for a long time, but <laughs> I had a good time there. I was there 15 years. Maybe I shouldn't have been there that long, but I had, like, my own little world I lived in. Yeah, You know, I, sure. I, I worked the door some. I DJ'd Happy Hour. I... I picked up DJs, I just, I formed, and made all the radio ads, I even started doing even more radio ads, so I went from doing radio ads for that club to ghostwriting for all these other clubs, I just, and I was on TV, I hosted a thing called Club Access on Fox, it was on 5.30 to 6, five days a week, and this was my world in Jacksonville, and then I I meet this girl, she's a a host uh, and works at E! and some other stuff. And she becomes just enamored with talking with me. She said to me, she goes, you're like a diamond lost in the beach here in, in Jacksonville. She tells me it's a concept for a show called Zootopia, where she goes around to zoos around the world. I created a character named Takahini Tom, which is footage of, <laughs> comedians have found, and mocked me with that as well. And I had Takahini Tom, and I created and he was kind of a mock of Steve Irwin. He stole my Takahini Tom, and he was like crazy and zany. <laughs> but well, unbelievably, we sold the show to New Waves, New Waves, which is now bigger now, but 2001, they, their main thing was they did all the trailers for uh, DreamWorks, which I think oh. is what sustained them, yeah. and then they were beginning to get into other things, you know, so they bought it, I moved out here to LA, I don't know, I've been working in nightclubs all these years, I don't, I don't know what to do with myself, one time, back in about 98, I was staying here in the Hyatt in West Hollywood, my girlfriend says to me, she goes, if you ever work here, you should work down there at the Comedy Store, I go, why? She goes, ah, you, you like to blab. So I made a list of all the comedy clubs, the Laugh Factory, the Improv, the Ha Ha, all of them. I called them. Believe it or not, the comedy store was the only place that was friendly on the phone about yeah. coming by and applying. The two people I talked to, were which are now successful comedians, Freddie Lockhart and Steve Simone. And they yeah, told me Steve to, Simone? Yeah, they, oh. they were on the phone. And I came by and I talked to them. And they told the manager to go ahead and that you know, they should bring me in because I was like a cartoon.
1: Yeah. Who was the manager at that a, time? A
2: guy named uh, Rob Rothman. Rob Rothman. And Rob Rothman always came by all these years later and always said, like, I was his great discovery because he had hired me. You know? yeah. uh, but I came in. I did a phone interview for him because I've been working in nightclubs all those years. Oh, yeah. He said that's the best phone interview I've ever heard. I went in, and I started working there, and I just did the phone for him. I did the phone. But I have a salesman. Sales is the family trade. OK, Sa- sales is the family trade. So it's like I get into it. I, I get more into selling people coming out yeah. than selling a car. <sighs> I'm, like, always been in selling a, do an event. That's why I did yeah. well at the T-Birds Club. So I increased their sales like a certain percentage in a month. So one day I come walking in, and there she is, a legendary Mitzi Shore. And I go, hey, Mitzi, I'm Tommy. And she looks up at me, and she goes, oh, my God. She goes, you're cute. <laughs> and then the next thing, I started driving around to some doctor's appointments, and I got involved in the comedy store. So understand that I got involved in the comedy store by way of not knowing I was going to get involved with it the way that I did. It was like a totally it, unplanned. It was kind of a magical occurrence. Yeah. Yeah. Totally uh, unplanned. How
1: old was Mitzi when this happened?
2: Uh, 71. Wow. She was still... She wasn't driving, but she was still walking around. Yeah. And she ran... I worked there the last year she ran it alone. Yeah. So she ran it alone my first year, and then Peter and Polly uh, came in and started overseeing things in, like, October 2002. 2002. And they didn't, you know, they just... But they... Mitzi's a kind of person, she creates a lot of fear in people. She just always did. Intimidation fear. Yeah. And it's it's not, it's just even her own kids and everybody. They were afraid to try to change anything in there without mm-hmm. talking to her. So why do you think They that didn't is? come over and change everything. Yeah. There's a long oh, process to sure. making it in.
0: Why, why do you think that is? Because uh, you were telling uh, about that she's like a mother. And I, yeah, I'm because she's, yeah. uh, it's like. Strong.
2: You're lucky if you meet a human being like her yeah. once in your life. She's something I call the great. Individual, mm. one of a kind, sure. um, didn't even talk like other people. Yeah. Um, but by the time I'd met her, had been through so much that she was leery of sales, the sale act, and and people just trying to be. You, you couldn't know. manipulate her; yeah. it was impossible. But it's not that she was mean about it; it's that she just watched you. The woman, a few words, but the words that she said had great impact. And I just became enamored with working for her and the legend of her. The, it's still to me, and I don't mean to go on to just to talk about it, but it's still to me, I wish more people knew about her. I wish you know that one book tells about her a little bit, you know, I'm dying up here or whatever. but I read that.: she, book. Yeah, but she's something else. She changed the whole dynamic of comedy. yeah is she because an actual artist, yes. like a Clive Owen or these, or, or uh, who's the guy that did Motown, real artists. When they when they get in, into this position, they
1: change everything. Yeah, the
0: landscape changes, and you were part of that, and uh, that's an amazing thing.
1: Well, I think the cool thing is that, like, this lady took you in and trained you, and then in just one year, you were, like, you took everything. And it wasn't
2: about training. I wouldn't even say she trained me. I know people would think that, so, because I, I definitely wanted to elevate that. She just saw what I was. Yeah. I I came in. I was... I made her laugh ass. going to doctor's uh, appointments, and I'm also respectful. We had talked about this before the broadcast began. Yeah. It's still yeah. your mothering. It, my mother was uh, she detested crude men. She really wanted her sons to be respectful of women. Yeah. And so she programmed it in. And so Mitzi felt that energy, and that creates comfort. Yeah. In other words, yeah. you know what I mean? She didn't feel, and not that I was gonna, but i, I just so respectful. So I open the door, make her laugh, be quiet when you should be quiet. Yeah, you know, she's a moody lady, moody. Yeah, you know, and she says <laughs> almost a nasty thing to you. But if you're one of those people, you're like, sure, and you let it roll off, roll then you off. can hang out yeah. with her. Yeah, you be Mister Offended and just leave, yeah. because that's the way that was. And so our relationship was a friendship. It was a friendship, and um, and I just I she came in to do showcases, and I had the lights. Who put the lights like this at all? I just tried to make it look nice for you. She goes, it does look nice. She noticed that I. I said to her, she said to me, she goes, I heard you managed a club in Florida. I said, well, why don't you be the manager? And I said, well, I don't think your club needs help like that. It needs help ground level. Yeah. She goes, what do you mean? I said, it need, like the door, the phone, greeting people, talking to them. There needs to be a reconnection with the, uh, the local people. Yeah. I said, my mother always told me it's the little things in life that make a difference. And, man, she, that's when she looked at me. She said, you were, your mother taught you that? And I went, yeah, she goes, you were raised by a wise woman. I said, I don't know if she's as wise as you, Metsy. And she giggled. But the path to wisdom is a different path. Yeah. And that's why I am an unusual anomaly in Los Angeles. Yeah. Okay? I have been offered some interesting stuff because of things that I did, but I, I just I was like I I felt more purposeful at the store. And to be honest with you, as I found out, I don't th- I think a lot of the things that people are thinking about me has already passed by. Because that was at the moment. No. Yeah. I, I went ahead and defined myself as no Facebook, you can't find me artist. And they were like well, you know, we thought we might be interested in him, but he's too much like that. We need people that are going to kiss our ass. It's you know? interesting that yeah. you say you
1: don't have a Facebook or a Twitter because I had to go through like four people just to contact you, you know. I have a phone number. Yeah.
2: I might go into those things if my life evolves into something different. Right. There's a little bit of interest around me. I know that I, I'm controversial. The thing you'll find the most in conversations about me is that people will put me down and be negative on me when you go over and you find out what they're about, they're usually not the most talented people. There are some people that will speak negatively about me that are really talented, but they're still not, um, they still got something from me. Yeah. I've had people that have been very cruel to me and said nasty things to me, but I always let it roll off. And I always just say it's because I'm not gay. <laughs> you know? I don't get they go. well we'll just see now we'll see what happens now and I'm just like whatever no, be, I let be, it roll off you know different. Yeah. Very different, off. very well, different Tommy well one of the things I couldn't feel yeah. like I did which Mitzi did do is I couldn't hug yeah. everybody if I yeah. was gay I could yeah. you, know, you could hug sure. everybody like sure. what I just no, didn't think it was never, the right thing to do. I never felt it. And then with uh, girls, with all these young girls working out and stuff like that, I thought it wouldn't be right in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I thought there should always be a thing where yeah. there, there's, a, there's that space yeah. of their comfort. If they want to give me a good set, but in let the yeah, friendship build. Sure. I yeah. never wanted any, and not that it would, but I didn't want any girl to ever think that they were going to get an opportunity there or not yeah. get an opportunity based on something about – yeah, that kind of sure. energy that no, can happen I between men and women—I try to get that
0: off. Well, you, well, your your honesty about talent and uh, and telling comics where they're at—I uh, can see that 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 would not fit in at all. You no,
2: know, you, 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 and you told it told us, you know. Yeah, to to finish like what it was up Mitzi. So I work for her. I'm helping get things yeah. set up. She says to me, she goes one day, she goes, "You should be a comedian." She goes, "I'll think you'd give it a nice twist." That is a quote. Nice. And I said, Mitzi. I know I have the skill set yeah. to do it. The problem is I've been noticing while I've been working for you these past 3 months or so that people that want to do it are obsessed with it. Yeah. And she mm-hmm. goes right away, she goes that's true and I went I'll never be obsessed with being a stand-up comedian. Yeah. I'll do it. I'll host something, but I'd love to play my guitar and sing too and not a, not a parody. Mm-hmm. Like to be really, yeah. you know what I mean? I sure. so I said, but I am becoming very intrigued with you, which I was. Yeah. I'm becoming very intrigued with you. And so I, I uh, she said to me, she goes, well, you know something? She goes, you're the first human being that I've met that I feel could do my work as well. She goes, because you have to be a very talented person yourself in order to see talent. And so that's when I kind of began my journey into... Uh, looking at comics, this is before I was a talent coordinator. This is another two years goes by while I'm still just. But she liked. I started sitting next to her doing the showcases. Yeah. I started seeing what she liked. I started seeing what I liked. You know. Um, yeah, you well, it's funny gelled. that you
1: mentioned what you liked. Like, what was something that you liked? Like, what comic really? Like, not. You don't even have to name names. Just like yeah. a style. A what style? was your? Well, what, one of the
2: things Mit- Mitzi picked this group of people, which I did not say. I can't say I specifically picked. When you go down a list. But what I did when I came in is I started scheduling them, like really pumping it. Now, she didn't want me. She was doing the lineups alongside me, and she didn't want me to change anything. But I started making some small changes, and she didn't say anything too much. Yeah. Um, we did have a moment where I knew everything was going to change in about 2006. And that is I, she came in for a main room show, and I didn't know she was coming in, and I had made some changes. And Steve Byrne, who's pretty successful, he's on uh, Sullivan and Son, Argus was out of town. He always goes second at 9.15, and I forgot he was out of town. Argus Hamilton? Argus Hamilton. So I stuck Steve Byrne at 9.15. And he did unbelievable, and it's so great at work, but she came in and knew that was not what she did. Well, Steve Byrne,
1: he wasn't on Sullivan Son back then. No, no, yeah. I'm talking about this is when he was developing. This yeah, is 2006.
2: Yeah, yeah. He, was, he spent, what Steve did is he came from New York and he'd been doing comedy a long time, but he spent a good two and a half, three years getting scheduled having the OR, which changes you. Yeah. It makes you more human. And then that prepares you more for television.
1: Yeah.
2: It's an intimate room. Stand-up comedy is an I, intimate conversation with a crowd. So you work out in small rooms, and then you go do a 5,000-seater and you work the same way, they'll yeah. listen to you. Sure, that's a you great You don't want to be a screamer like this. No, yeah. Look at Larry the Cable Guy. Look at these guys. They don't scream at their audiences. They they having it because they know to keep it honed. Yeah. But point being was, but Mitzi, as I was driving her, she asked me to – her assistant told the guy that's like her home care guy, he said, you know, she wants you to drive her home. So I drove her home, and she said to me, she goes, did you change anything to my lineups tonight? And before I – she goes, before – you think very carefully before you utter your next word.
1: Oh, she said it like that? Yeah, which meant don't <laughs> lie to me.
2: And so I, uh, yeah, sure. I said – I did I didn't add anybody but I changed the order and she goes why did you do that I said because I'm there every night and I had something change and I thought it would work well and I thought she was going to fire me because she notoriously fired everybody which is to be honest with you it's a miracle I worked there that long because Mitzi just, she, she, loved, she still fired people it's just what yeah. she did mm-hmm. um, she says to me she goes well you might just have a gift she goes I have so much I'd like to teach you and I'm tired, and I don't feel well. I said, I do, I want to learn, I want to learn. She said to me, she goes, we've said this before. God sent you to me, I'm sure of it now. And so we just, I started doing the thing where I started doing the lineups, and point being is that from that point on, she wasn't telling me where to put them. She sat in the chair, i she put her glasses on, she looked at it, and why don't you just switch this one to this one, but she I started doing it. Yeah, And I started moving things around. So Joe Rogan, who's back at the comedy store right now, but if he remembers, and he doesn't feel real highly about me, I guess not, I don't know. But point being is that I put Ari Shafir mm-hmm. and Joey Diaz yeah. and, and Brett Ernst and all these people around him. I changed what started happening around him my first two years. I started yeah. taking that Joe Rogan-packed OR and not putting these <laughs> decisions. Mitzi was coming up. <laughs> like she, It's not that she wasn't still a genius. It's that she just wasn't in touch anymore. You know what I mean?
1: Was Joe Rogan doing Fear Factor during this time? Yeah, he time? was on there then. Yeah. yeah,
2: he was a listen. The place wasn't doing that great, but every Friday and Saturday night in the OR, when Joe Rogan is sold out, wow. I've never seen it bad. Yeah. I saw it get slow, but I saw us make it busier. And the last move in the last year and a half has been social media. We never did. We did some, but we we went double fold into every venue sure. using the younger guys. I mean, it's programmed into your brain. Sure. Yeah. Once we started using the younger guys. Um, And the place really started popping. And what I was trying to do, and I did, is as you get these people to come in. Well, what? That's just one thing to get them to come in. Yeah. You got to give them something. You got to give them something. And I gave them something, which was my theme of my time there, innovative comedy. Yeah. Innovative comedy, man. Let's see what's going to happen next. Where are we standing? We're in L.A., we're not in Joe's chicken shack in the middle of nowhere.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Sorry. We're
2: not just going to sit here and be like, oh, you're going to sit because you're, you know, because you're yeah. some guy that's been on the road sure. 18 years and never did anything with your life. No. <laughs> that's, and that's where I come off like, whoa. I have guys call me up, well, hi, I'm Joe Schmo. I've been on the road for 23 years, and I wanted to come off the road and just come into the comedy store. How do I start working out there? And I was never mean. I'd be like, because the store's not, I'd be like, hey, you know, you come by, you can work out. And this is, like, isn't just, like, the place. This is me. Yeah. And they know that no. because these things don't happen there anymore. Yeah. You just talk to the talent guy there. And now Adam is an industry savvy guy who has a smartphone and a Facebook page and everything that you're talking about. Yeah. You know what I mean? With me, it was like, it was, well, yeah. wait, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. you seem to be a hard guy to find. I'm like, uh, you could walk up the stairs here five <laughs> nights a week, and I'm standing here, you know. Sure. But whatever. But, uh, yeah, so I, you, I just don't want to – I don't want to just do that thing. They can, they can work on an open mic. They can do this and that, but they're not going to come in and start becoming paid regulars there in no a way. No, but I
0: love it because it, it was per- very personalized, and you told them the, the yeah. situation without – I,
2: t- I tell you, dude, here's here's something that, that she pointed out to me, and it's the truth about me. She said, there is a dif- difference between you and me. She goes, you are a performer. She goes, I'm not. She goes, I – Wasted some of my time on writers. She goes, it's, I'm not mad they became writers, but if I'd known that's all they wanted to do, I wouldn't have given them as much stage time. She goes, Since you're a performer, maybe you can look more for performers. Yeah. She goes, with you, while you're here working for me, it's gonna be takes one to, to know, know one. one. Yeah. Nice. And yeah. that's why you're seeing Whitney and Crystalia and Eliza Schlesinger and Gerard Carmichael, and Andrew Santino, and Theo
0: Vaughn, and Brett, Brent Morin. They are all performers. Performer. Yeah, You see? No, you were telling us that's That's I great. Think. And uh, you delineated that and uh, stood by
2: it. Oh, yeah. Fahim Anwar, Jesus Trejo. Trejo. Francisco Ramos. These are all people that I nurtured in. It's not that comics—I'm not like—it's not like I'm a, I'm a person that's just like the only one that sees it. I always have been not set in vanity— I always tap out and, yeah. and feel out what's feeling out. You know, the, I would say to comics all the time, and I still will now, I'm like, you know, if you're doing all right, I said, not only will you know,
1: but the comics will let you know. Yeah, You know, you guys, are, they're, they're honest with each other. You now, know? I have a question. Did you ever see a comedian just, like, with the audience just kill, and then you just said he's this he or she just doesn't have what it takes? Like, in your mind?
2: No, first of all, that word kill I don't use with any level except for Bill Burr. (laughs) Bill Burr. Okay. Chris Rock, you know, John Caparula, Sebastian Maniscalco, Al Madrigal. These people kill. Paulie knows how to kill. He knows how to, and then he's so confident and so relaxed in what he is that he doesn't always want to or feel he has to. Paulie and Dave Chappelle are the two most relaxed people i've ever seen on stage period and that's a quote wow there we go they are both really relaxed
1: it's funny that uh speaking of paulie you were on his tv show where you were like the main i wouldn't say like the main guy but you were in it quite a bit i was supposed to be kind of the foil yeah for mining the store yeah
2: it was a a great experience it was it was it was cool i i would have loved to have seen it go on and on and on
1: uh You know, they had this thing that, like, if you didn't laugh, you write them and they send you a dollar. Do you remember that? No. Uh.
2: I just remember that more than even the show, the advertising budget was large. Yeah, uh, that I was recognized by people that have seen me in my life over that. And because of of this (laughs) sordid my sordid youth, such as emceeing male dance reviews, which (laughs) I did for like 10 years between 22 Mm -hmm. and 32. I had all kinds of people try to, you know, reach out and be like, "Oh my God, that's that guy." Yeah. Know? And and be, and Facebook and all that was—I don't even think that was there yet.
1: No. Maybe MySpace. Messages
2: at the store sure. and, and yeah, all that. It was just—it was like a whole crazy thing. So, point being is that that almost got me. And then another thing too, which is one of the reasons I, you know, I'm, I'm probably done, is I get a phone call from a friend of mine I went to college with, and he goes, "I'm sitting in Times Square." looking up at you on a billboard because <laughs> when did you even move to california <laughs> so i've been on a billboard in times square Here with Polly and everything from mining the storm
1: that's awesome that's and so great. i
2: you know i'm safe so yeah. some people have whole careers yeah. and never on a billboard
1: yeah so i think i already peaked that's yeah. cool
2: that's why oh it's so <laughs> i really don't know what's next for me okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the truth
1: so it, it's it's funny because you're like uh you're like a live a day every day how you live it type of guy. You know what I mean? Mm.
2: Like, I lived it at the store for so long. That's why I had a little bit of emotional withdrawal. Is it's uh, you I know it, so. we had just yeah. talked about this before. It's not about what anybody wants to make it out like it's some big. Tommy got canned at the store. It's not about that. It's about a change of of the guard. Yeah, that's really mm-hmm. more what it is, yeah. and it's Polly's time now. He has the gift. He's Mitzi's son. Mitzi's in all of her children, but a very important part is in Polly. And then the depth of her intelligence is in Peter. And they are the ones that run the comedy store. Yeah, And Polly's just as intelligent, too, but he's an artist. It's a different type of a, a sensibility. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when Polly's not focusing on himself and he's looking out at talent, he knows who has it and who doesn't. So he's going to pick all the right people. This is, this is the way it's supposed to be. This is the way it's supposed to be. This is Paulie's Mitzi Shore's son. They own it. He picks the paid regulars. I was there to build a bridge from what it was to what it was going to be. And it took a long time and I love Mitzi and I respect her and that's why I did it. And that's why I was there. I just find myself, as you guys interview me, and one of the reasons I didn't mind coming and talking about this tonight at all is I'm just not sure if this skill that I feel I have of comedic development, which is an actual skill, is something that should not be Used anymore oh, aye, aye, because aye. it'll change the community of comedy. It just will. It's not about the place that has that. It's about the person that knows how to do it. Yeah, and you and I clearly know how, know I, how I know how, do how to it. do it. You I definitely. know how to pick it, and it's you. You're not. You know, I'm not down on people. I'm not do or die. But there are some important things. One of the things that she did with me is she didn't teach me things per se, like say this. This is that if I said something myself, then she validated me, and this was an important one. I said to her, so "I'm starting to come to the conclusion." That the look is important. She goes. The look is everything. She goes and remind you. I didn't say they have to be good looking. She goes. That's nice. She goes. But the look, some sort of look. She goes. That's what defines that they're a comedian. If they don't have a look, you know what they are? They're a writer.
0: <laughs> really? That's
2: that's. She said I have that? to, I have wow. to use
0: wow you taking my lines away from you. Like, wow. Honestly, Tommy, wow.
2: Yeah, well, that's why I what do you think I stay there so long for? She would man. say these things. I would look at her and I would always think in my mind, who are you,
0: lady? <laughs> okay. Where are if you from? The do rule. they drop you off of the spaceship?
2: <laughs> Nobody talks like this. <laughs> Unbelievable. But then I started just I just became onto my well, own so thing. Yeah, you know, she sure. said some very important things to me, and I'll tell you that defined me. She said this to me one time. I said, I don't know why I don't leave the store, nothing against you, and go out and try to get in the industry and become rich and buy my house and all this other stuff. She goes, you're an artist. You're the real thing. She goes, you care more about what you do than what you have. And I was like, I was sitting there like, befounded. We were eating dinner, and she had a fork in her hand. She turned around, and she looks at me. She goes, you never heard that about yourself before, huh? I so, I've never heard it put like that. She goes, you're going to begin to feel a lot better now. And I have. Yeah. Because now I realize nice. that it isn't about... What I Uh obtain—it's about the impact I have, which I do feel I did achieve during my time at the store—is I got to leave an impact on people. I swear to you, I have gotten—I don't have as much as everyone should have in their life. I just don't, but I have gotten probably in my time between the Birds Club in Florida. And the comedy store, a thousand cards from people thanking me for talking to them and giving them like the time of a feeling. And here's the thing to go into about that. Talk about comedic development, the skill which we have to talk about. How is it? What is it done? There is a thing that works to it. Yeah. And I, I think I was kind of doing it a little bit, but I did get. A I'm very le- curious. About I did this. get a lesson. Yeah. And this is what uh, Mitzi Shore said to me. She goes. She goes, first thing to know is don't tell them what to say and don't tell them what to do. She goes, but if you have a feeling that comes to you the moment you're watching them, a thought that you think might be helpful, she goes, go and tell them when they're done They're set immediately. She goes, well, most of the time, it'll be beneficial to them. She goes, and you know what else is interesting? is that later sometimes, a month or so later, maybe even longer, They'll come back to you and they'll say, "Thank you so much for what you said to me that time. It really helped me." She goes, "And you won't even remember what you said, yeah. because that's the moment." Right. Yeah. I I did. It happened to me this last week at Charlie's house. Charlie's something. house. I, Th- that's I, your new. Well, that's a place I'm helping book right now. But uh, the week before, I said something to some kid at the end. It was just an open mic night. But I just something came to my mind. I went over and talked to him. And he came back over this last week, and he talked to me. He goes, I think you've changed everything for me. Because I told him, I said, you're stuck. said, you're stuck. Yeah. And uh, I told him some stuff, and he said it helped him. So it it does really actually work. Because it's, it's, how about this? It's not like a lesson book. No. It's a feeling that is pertaining to the actual human being you're looking at. It's individual.
0: It's so intuitive, and it's just there.
2: And sometimes it's not about saying a specific thing. Yeah. It's like, you know. It's like stop the feeding yourself. You're doing this, and then there's the basic things which I well, you know, I have been talked to a little bit about doing some seminars. I've been talked to about a couple different things. I don't know if I, I want to do that. I don't know. Well, you
1: said you want, uh, you got talked to writing a book, but you
2: no, I'm not gonna no. I, people have always said I should do that. Yeah. I don't know about that. I, I don't know. Like I said, the, this comedy store in Mitzi is the Shore family story. That's the God's honest truth. It's not my story. I am a, just a chapter in that place, okay? It's been open 72 to 2014. I was there 2001 to 2014. Okay, I've helped with the last part of like this next sure. getting ready for something else, but the place is bigger than me. I always said the place was bigger than me. I, I always am. talked like I wasn't going to be there forever. I, not that I, I didn't think – I probably would have stayed there forever, but I don't know. Maybe there's something else for me to do.
1: How long were you thinking – like when you get, first got the job, were you thinking, oh, how long am I going to be here? No,
2: I didn't think that way. I, I live in the moment. Yeah, Mitzi knows that about me. I think as far as the next day. I'm not a big planner. Yeah, But it helps you live in the moment. One of the reasons I think I had an effect with what I was doing is I lived it. There's not a day off. The phone's on all the time. Every day, every week, every month, every year, I lived it. Even Christmas. Every Christmas day is something. Uh, going on. I, I work Christmas you were, night. You were there
0: all wow. year long.
2: Yeah, I just went, I did. I stopped working some of those holidays this last year or so because I was. This isn't a true observation, too. I was getting burnt out a little bit. Yeah, it's not that I still couldn't give good yeah, advice, but I was tired. A little fatigue. Been working now. until three a.m. since I was oh, twenty-two and I'm wow. fifty-two. Yeah, it's it gets to be something where you're just like you know, and then you know that all the other people your age are home in their homes, uh, with their kids, and their lives, and I just have uh, one person I'm with, and we have our dog, and, and I live in an apartment. Yeah. So it was a big sacrifice to do what I've done because uh, I didn't obtain, during the normal age period, things that people do, the sure. checklist of life. And I'm not saying that I'm not trying to blame anything, but that's what you get if you live, eat, and breathe something like what I did.
0: Yeah, You became I, the art.
2: I put, I put so much into it. I put my heart no, into I mean, it. Only... Only certain people will know what that is. I, one of the I knew in two thousand nine or something, maybe maybe two thousand eight. She came in and I came and kneeled by her, and she said to me, she goes, "It feels so good in here right now." I went, "Thanks," you know. I said, "I'm glad, Mitzi." And then she, without, she said to me, she goes, "Thank you." She actually recognized that I had changed and healed. Energy inside the place—it's healthy for nurturing, and it's still there now. Yeah. So I—I'm I, not. I'm, there's no negative to come from me. The store is beautiful, and let it perpetuate now because it's healthy. No. And it's got the, I, the people I found, the people that Mitzi found, the legendary people that come by. There's enough talent in that place to make it explode forever. You know. So I believe me, it's all kudos. But the—the the thing I—I I did is I um, I lined it up. I yeah. got it lined up. Kind of lined up. And now, now is is yeah. one of the things is we get to not just the comedy store, but we go over to talking about even Charlie's house. You know, Val Clouse, I mean, his lounge. That's really what it's called. But it was Charlie Chaplin's house. Is I uh wait really? There's,
1: like real house?
2: Yeah, he lived there. That was Charlie Chaplin's house. Oh, holy! I, 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 that's why it's called I, Charlie's, Charlie's house. house. Wow! wow. No, they're calling it Charlie's house, but it's you just see what it's written on the outside. Let's talk. You know what it really is? It says Val Cluse Lounge. It's it's owned by some people, and they do all kinds of. Oh well, no,
1: because we, we were going to go no, one day, but move, we couldn't frankly, find we were it. Looking
0: at it, and I came across Charlie's house. I went, "Wow, Charlie Chaplin's house!" I was just googling. It. I went, "Wow, that's really cool." If we knew, though, was this place, know, of We would have went no, in. So he's just told us. Yeah. Valcluse yeah. Lounge is, Valcluse Charlie is Charlie Chaplin's house. Chaplin's wow. home. Can you Imagine oh, that. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. sure he had many, but he yeah. had one right there,
2: yeah. which wow. was smart because he was, you know, right in the center of making the whole movie thing happen. And West Hollywood has always been the brains of Hollywood. Just give it a compliment you know it's a clean it's I used to say to people too I go you know it has a large gay community which is great but Mm -hmm. one of the things that large gay community does is they're like we want it safe and we want it clean Clean. and it is yeah it is that
1: is so interesting I you know, it, because true. remember it's we it. were trying to find it on Monday, yeah. you know, no. but we couldn't. No, we couldn't. We Slounge. <laughs> <We're like, Balcaloose laughs> Lounge." It's, uh, yeah. it's the
2: the thing that the owners yeah. there, Brad and Claire, have done is they've made a very eclectic vibe. Yeah. yeah. Now nice. they're so, interested yeah. in doing that kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, not to go like on a long thing. But so I stopped working at the Comedy Store at the end of July. Mm-hmm. I was around about a month, and then I decided to leave. I went to my older brother lives on an island called Roatán off of Honduras. Mm-hmm. I went down there, stayed with him two months, took a break. Play guitar, sang, thought, decided to come back, and when I got back here, I was contacted about would I be interested in um, helping schedule that show, huh. and people have asked me already, they're like, so how did you come to be doing this here? I go, I was asked.
1: Yeah,
0: here you go. <laughs>
2: it's, all you, it's all you have to do with me. <laughs> You just have to ask. Yeah, we even yeah, ask. That's, that's what well, we you guys did. ask? Yeah. I don't mind.
1: Yeah, you yeah.
2: know, I don't mind. I,
1: I, I don't well, see the, the thing with asking is like the thing that I was always taught is you just got to keep asking because what's the worst they're going to say? No. no. Yeah,
0: it doesn't get worse than no.
1: Yeah, it, it? it's like well, no is. Uh, I, I think when we come here to Hollywood, we're yeah. going to have to hear no a and lot. we have
2: to learn how to get a past lot. it. Ooh, yeah, big, big exactly. No. You got to make. I no tell people. Terms. I talk to comics a lot about. No. Um, things outside of their stage work that they have mm-hmm. to think about and one is you want to be tenacious but you don't want to be annoying because i've seen people do well, both yeah so I, but i point out to a young comic i go i just want you to know that i know you think you're being tenacious but you're being annoying <laughs>
1: so stop being annoying that's actually great advice <laughs> that's very good because I, uh, if you're like if you want to you know keep getting spots or whatever just be like look i know what you could do you're, you know call once a month not, yeah, once but these self-help a week. book things, you know, oh, all these things where people are getting all these ideas no to, an yeah, answer. it's just all oh, stupid. Uh.
2: I mean, I thought they told, showed you the perfect mockery in that Magnolia movie with Tom Cruise playing the it's the guru guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, never to, you know, it's uh, <laughs> like any, you know, he's there crying over his father I love later. That. It just I love shows that. you. I love it that. Just uh, shows that. you. It's a great scene. Yeah, but the comedians, this, the stand-up comedy is an art form. It's a new art form. It hasn't been around uh that long i mean there's always there was people telling jokes and stuff sure. like that but i'm talking amplification with a microphone and no, a pa system no, so you're talking less than 100 years no. um yeah. one of the, uh, so it, one of the things i i like to That's point out to people point. is that there's people have been using humor throughout all of time plato was funny plato got people to laugh so they would listen to him mm-hmm. abraham lincoln was funny mm-hmm. um, you know uh so these people can talk about serious things with humor so stand -up comedy is one of the last arenas of free speech it's one of the last places oh. where people can say anything um. they want almost I mean people have been saying certain words yes yeah, lately trouble. well like, it's because you got people now being able to stand up and say you, you shouldn't be doing this yeah. I, I really don't I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all I, I the, the N word which is a big one yeah. is 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 a, okay because it was used mm-hmm. in such a derogatory fashion for so long at, at African American people. That they should be allowed to only be able to use it among themselves, or not have anyone else say it. Oh. And I think they just deserve that. No one should nice. even try to, to, to try to fight that. And I saw comics try to say, "Oh, I can still say that," and then they still got, they got talked to, and they can't.
1: Now, what about the R word? Do you feel the same thing about the R word? I'm trying to forget what, what's the R word. What's your word? word? It's the retard.
2: Oh. Oh. Uh, mm, I don't know. No. I I I I don't understand. You know, I'd have to be the context. I don't want you to.
1: Because see the thing is, I have autism. I have this thing called Asperger syndrome. So whenever comedians say the R word, I take huge offense to it. Okay. Because okay. it's like,
2: why? Well, how about this? I don't even know why they would need to say that word. Hey, that's they, what I'm they, trying they, to say. Yeah. Like,
1: why do you have to rely on that word? No, I don't think they do. You, you know,
2: just remember, you're going to stand in the entire arena of comedy. Mm-hmm. And you're not just going to see headliners and know what's going on. Yeah, but see, that's you're going to see people don't people, even
1: need to see the say the N word. You could just. No, you're still going to be someone's going to try. Gonna well, try they do. Yeah. Okay,
2: African American comics do. That's what I'm they saying. They say it every, but, but I'm just saying that they can have that word. If they, they can Let's use see, it any way they want. That's the, they own it's it. just it's better than trying to uh, make a debate about know, it. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, it's no just problem. No problem. You have that. It's it's you know you yeah. you got that right. Yeah. I mean there was some mistreatment there for a long time. The only thing I ever say which I don't like is that it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So don't get mad at me. All right.
1: <laughs> now <laughs> I have a question. When you were talking about changing the guard, did you know? Like the guard was about to be changed. Yeah, like, I got you a feeling. He had a, you feeling? a feeling.
2: I just kind of felt like, you know, it's like I, I, it's Groundhog Day for me.
1: Yeah. Okay. I can't. That was a great movie.
2: It is, but it's just like, it's it's perpetuating. Yeah. It's one, but, but, you know, uh, ultimately I was in a powerful position and, you, and just like the, the, uh, Uncle says in the Spider-Man movie, you have to be responsible
1: with power. You have to be great responsible. power I, comes great responsibility. Yeah, I, I,
2: I felt like I was. I didn't abuse it or anything like that. If anything like that, i try to be more explaining. i take the time to talk to anybody. People wanted to come up and really ask me. The only thing that I got a little bit of a reputation for, and I'll, I'll keep until as long as I go, well, is that if you want to actually engage me that way, if you want to have a conversation... And you're gonna take no for an answer, even though I may have already said something to you? Oh, then we're gonna have a conversation. And I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah. And you can say anything you want to me, it ain't gonna bother me. Yeah. I've had people trying to say stuff about me and my face and my back my whole life. Because I naturally am a lot of things that they're not. And that's what they do to people like me. I'm just kidding, I'm not kidding you. So you're gonna if someone a comedian, if they're gonna go so far as you be like you say to them, Ah, oh, you know, I've I already told you what's going on. What you need to work on. They still some of them are real insistent because they're on this big rush to get famous or be validated. Yeah. And they come up and they go, "You're just not seeing this and that." I have an honest conversation, and it's mean, but not brutal, and not cussing, but it's honest. Yeah. And I tell them, you know, and the center of what I'm telling them is, it's not happening. You know, <laughs> and that's it. And but those kind of conversations. That's why I've gotten a lot of hatred stuff. There'll be specific people that might even say really negative about me, but then if I was asked after they said the negative thing, I could still point out that I had a conversation with them at some point where they were thanking me for everything I'd done for them, but they only had it alone with me, and they didn't want anyone else to
0: hear it. Yeah, Well, the honest part, they don't want to hear the honesty. man. No, they do. They do, but I mean, it's, don't want, it's, it's the only way they can them. get better. Yeah. I don't think people want to hear brutal honest. No, not brutal, but they don't want to hear You don't sh- have to be brutally truths. honest
2: with people, like, to be mean, like yeah. the Simon dude was on American Idol and stuff like that. You don't have to be like no, that. No, but I'm saying engaged. Point being is that if they don't take no for an answer, if they want to get down to, like, you're wrong, you know, I'm, you're not seeing what I'm seeing, then you tell them the honest truth. Yeah. yeah. And, and when, I, when I mean the honest truth, it's not like... I'm never about tearing down human beings as human beings. That's, That's the, the point. part I don't like. That's the point. Yeah. I have seen that yes. done by comics, too. I've seen them tear human beings down oh, completely please. as human beings and then try to validate themselves and think they're nice people by buying drinks or do this and that. It's just not nice. You don't need to tear human beings down that far. Yeah. But another thing, too, I want to say is that if somebody ever goes to a show somewhere and they're stupid enough to take on a comic... Well, maybe you just might deserve it. <laughs> Don't take on comics, idiot.
0: Thank you, thank you, Tommy. What's wrong with you? Think that's...
2: You're not at the office there, honey. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Tommy,
0: peasy. That, 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 that is the strong truth, sir. Come oh, on. Yeah, but come you, on. Yeah, really, you know, really.
1: A question that I a question that I had is has a you know, you talk about the the input and stuff. Has a comic Ever and you you know don't say names, but has a comic ever taken your input a little too personally and maybe caused, wanted to do violence towards you?
2: Well, not my input, no. no. Uh, just whether they're getting spots or not. Yeah, I've been thrown against the wall. I've had fingers pointed in my chest where I got bruises. I've been spit at. I've, uh, uh, Paul- I've had a couple things like that. Polly Shore
1: doesn't count. Hmm? <laughs> no, <Paulie> never <laughs> me like that.
2: Honestly, the, I was only treated by, uh, with respect by him. You know, he went through a little phase in the where he wasn't sure. He wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to be able to interfere with his time. But I worked alongside with him and in a conjunction between times in a way that I think he found good so he could work on his own things. And he's going to continue to work on his own things. But I still say the same thing. It was inevitability. That Polly would be the person that picks the paid regulars at the comedy store. Yeah. That's the way it should be. What I have come out with is this is a a ability that I did not think I was going to have, which is actual comedic development. And what I would like to see of myself is somewhere yeah. to be able to do that. And right now, it's not that it's a big thing, but we're going to encourage people at the Valcluse Lounge, Charlie's house as it's called, when we do the comedy on Mondays. That we're going to do a typical evolution of comedy night. So at seven to seven thirty, I get to show people what I am, which a lot of people knew there but didn't see. I play guitar and I sing. So the first half hour, I'm the opening act. And at seven thirty to eight, they're gonna be open micros. We'll have five of them to get on. Maybe a couple more. And I'm gonna be there watching. And then we're gonna schedule some intermediate level people that'll go up till, you know, from eight to nine. And I'll watch them too. Okay. And I'll be doing what I do, which I do. If I feel something, I'll tell them. If I don't feel anything, I'm not going to say anything. Okay. But if I feel it, I'll tell them some stuff. Now, for comics to be able to come and get up during that time, be able to have someone with my experience and the way that I know how to work, be able to help them with any comics and stuff, that's worth it. Yeah. Because comics trying to tell the comics what to do is not always that good. It's a weird thing. It's called unsolicited advice a lot. Yeah. I actually I totally big, agree I with wanted, that I, just, I, I That's, I, why, that's listen, why I like you. I can't
0: a, give Tommy a bigger thank you on that one.
2: No, no, no. That doesn't work. Because that's why even like there's I, the podcast where comics tell other comics what they think. It's like, it's okay, it's entertaining, but they're really not the right people because they have a tendency to be comparative. This is why I go back to the point of once I told yeah. uh, I, Mitzi Shore that I was not going to be a comic, that's why she pointed out that I could do what she's doing because by not being a comic, I can remain objective. Mm. I can see you for what you are, not the person i think you should be because i already perform and yeah. this works for me but i tell yeah. you what i do to do though is i do give small performance tips which mitzi watched me do and she said she had never done and she really liked things like pull the mic down at them from your face stop pacing slow down those are general things i tell anybody but the funny thing is is they don't actually ever hear it they might have been already going up two years and no one ever said it to them yeah. yeah it's the thing i like about comics is that it by and large intelligent enough that all they need is somebody to point that out and then it changes and then they then they then they start that one little extra that, thing. Thank you. Oh. I mean, it's nice to see be helpful to them. You know, that's it's one of the things that it's like why don't I just go teach a comedy class somewhere?
1: That's um, what I was going to think. Yeah,
2: but it's like it's like that's back to the thing. It's like the stuff I want to say to people maybe it's not for everybody. Yeah. It's just for the people
1: that deserve to hear it. Now, it sounds like a weird thing. No, no. Now a question it's, it's, about it's, Charlie's Are you like training people to be like paid regulars over there? No, we're going to have
2: headliners. We're going to schedule after 9 o'clock, you know, regular headliners. a mixture of people from the entire uh, Los Angeles area that are comics. We're going to get, I'm I'm just going to put the lineup together. Um, I think, you know, I think we have like Jeff Garland coming this next week. We have some people that are, you know, okay. Steve Simone and Jimmy Schubert have already done it. And, you know, uh, Jesus Trey was there last week. So they're just, it's just a workout spot. We're not a big comedy club. But we just want to get a vibe going in there. With uh, stand-up, yeah, uh, that yet yeah, you know you, they're going. The people, are, of course, are going to be entertained after nine with shorter sets than a regular comedy club on a Monday night. Um, but the early part is about getting an opportunity to be seen by someone who can actually say something. That's the him. evolutionary. No, and that's 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 just like taking a, a skill I have and just mm-hmm. wanting to use it. And and believe me, it's not about taking anything away from anywhere. It's about just adding something into the community. You might hear something, you might not.
1: Now, if the Monday nights keep being successful, is there any chance you're going to want to do it Tuesdays and or do you think just I think the owners are open
2: to things um, they're already were a little bit excited but I I really put my voice in there that I want to let this build first before you start spreading out Yeah, we are actually got a really good time of year right now to build something which is between now and Christmas Hollywood yeah. and the industry have gone night night and away and they're on an island somewhere so, on vacation okay. exactly. yeah. so this is a perfect time to work on something artistically and nurture December, January. there's been a lot of excitement around it because of, there's people thinking about all kinds of ideas with it and I don't want to like Jinx anything, but like I'm surprised, like you know, and there's there's so there's there's all kinds of stuff that's that's possible there, but um, I I'm always like, first things first, first things first, let's just make it open successfully at the right time, and the show starts at the right time, and yeah, yeah. right, yeah. good people okay. later, and yeah. Is the waitresses, that they didn't get good enough service. I mean, is the place making money? you got to look out for your place. If you don't okay. look out for the place, they've got to make money. If they don't make money, then you're yeah, not, helping the not helping the place. You're yeah. not helping the yeah. So I just want to see that happen. I just, yeah. It's got an eclectic vibe in there. It's one of the things I liked about it. And it, there's nothing. Charlie Chaplin is probably well, right. one of the greatest a, entertainers that ever lived, that's ever. That's a, that's a, and definitely comedic. Oh, yeah. To have some oh, stand-up please. going on, on in a place that he owned sounds karmically Mystical. sound. cool. It sounds right. Very cool. I mean, you yeah. can have many yeah. things in there, but that just seems to fit.
1: That's like, uh, That's beautiful. you Yeah, know, with the success of that, you know, who knows, maybe stand up will happen at the Bob Hope Airport. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: because he lives close to that area, but I'm telling you. That. Yeah,
1: but no, man. <laughs> uh, you have any other questions for Tommy? God, you know,
0: we were talking uh, back here, and I, uh, you know, I mentioned that Kinison thing. Is there, is there uh, anyone that comes to mind that you want to talk about their style or something that th- that hits you a little uh, anecdote? I like that one about Kinison or any anything that you want to say, Tommy?
2: Oh well, you know, uh, the legendary legend of the place is that's something that can be told by so many comedians. <clears throat> I met so many great people there. That's one of the things that I'll I'll miss about not being there is it's one of those type of places so many people have gone in. I'm not even just talking to performers. I remember one time John McEnroe and Patty Smythe came up to the cover the booth, and they were like, we just left the worst show at the improv, and we came here, we're only here in L.A. till tomorrow, and we just want to have a laugh. You think you can help us? And I always (laughs) used to do a thing which I call play Hollywood. So I took them right from the booth, right over to a booth, in charge, and I went back to the back, got their drinks, and had them on their table all within two minutes. Wow. I treated them like Hollywood. And another funny story that I like is this girl comes running up the stairs and she's like, "I'm getting ready to bring my dad in. He's kind of really well known, and I don't want anyone, you know, I don't want anyone to, to feel funny or anything like that. But it's his first time he's ever been here." And up comes walking the stairs comes Billy Idol, oh and here God. comes Billy. Idol. And I go, "Hey, good to see you." And she says, "She goes, so this is my dad, and this is his first time I'm here." And I looked at Billy Idol and I went, "This is your first time here?" And he looked at me like I might be old enough to, and I said. Billy, there's a picture at Mitzi Shore's house of you kissing her on the side of the face from about 1985,
1: <laughs> and he goes like, "This to his daughter.
2: Well, I've been here before." She goes, Dad! <laughs> why didn't you tell me? Because oh, I didn't want to ruin your surprise.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, at least that's sweet for I him. I thought it was that's funny. A sweet and you story, had to, man. you had to ruin that girl's dream. And then you know, there's wow.
2: some people that love comedy. Toby Keith always coming in, and he stays right at the very end. Dr. Dre all the time. Yo, Quentin Dr. Tarantino, Dr. two Dr. or three times oh, a year, Quentin watches Tarantino. every single person. Yeah. Um. I actually saw Francis Ford Copeland, and his wife maybe about five months ago, and they came in for for a while and mm-hmm. they enjoyed themselves. So the point being is that's always the other interesting part too yeah. is seeing the people that come in because keep in mind it's it's not just the commie Store; it was zeros it was the most yeah, one of the most legendary nightclubs in the United States. I'm glad you mentioned that. You know, and it's very haunted. And
1: uh, speaking you know, of haunted, that, that, that was is, one question yeah, I had. Go ahead. Was you, you know there's two stories, you know we. We only have five minutes, so if you could, like, chim oh, it man, up a little. But there's so... two stories of Haunted about the comedy store. One, the comedian who killed himself. They say that his ghost haunts the store. And then I saw a TV show on, like, Mystery Detectives, and it said the store is haunted, too. And you've been there for 13 years. Did you ever see Haunted or feel Haunted? Yeah. Tell us you know, a it's cool like this,
2: story. I tell people when they're there during the night They're like on, a, you know, coming for the show yeah. And they'll say, oh, is the comic store haunted? I go, well, yeah, I mean, it's great now, it feels great 3 a.m., creepy <laughs> <laughs> Creepy
0: dark. Very dark <laughs> Like, what, what's the Scary, most Scary, you know, creepy you know,
1: What's a haunted ex- experience <laughs> for me? Like,
2: Cold spots are common Really? You walk through an ice-cold bit of air It's only at the time You've got to understand Wiccan there's real things. Uh-huh. After three, like three, three fifteen, that's the yeah. time. No, you don't. Know, that's I, the time. So, I, if, so I, I, you're I'm not always not there that late. No, so no, that's why some people don't really see things. But sometimes, like let's say, if a Dave yeah. Chappelle or someone would show up late, they'd stay sure. on. You don't leave till four. That's when it. Uh, a little weird. A
0: Little weird. <laughs> <laughs> It's creepy, <laughs> and it's an energy. I Ghost. think it had a
2: hold of me. I don't know. It just wanted me to. Yeah, I was going to make me Jack Nicholson in The Shining at the end. <laughs> <laughs> You've always been here, you know. God. But it's kind of the
0: truth. That, oh man, <laughs> that would be interesting. Kind well, it's that's, it's so, that's funny. Well, I truth.
2: kind of thought I was starting to think that might be what happened. But yeah. in in a sense, too, like I said, yeah. I I like
1: being a person that. Uh, yeah. Well, we're out of time. But uh, anything I, you. Uh, Who want to just Charlie's on Mondays?
0: T- want to tell us anything at all? Just, well, yeah, just uh,
2: two things. Uh, one, um, I'd like to say that I treasure my time at the Comedy Store and working for Mitzi Shore, and I wish the place nothing but continued success. And I have great affinity for the Shore family; they always took good care of me. And then I want to say that yes, it's nice to be emerging again a little bit at Charlie's house. I'm going to give my artistic input. People want to come by; I'll be there. And I'd like you to listen to me, see him play my guitar, even if you don't even want to see that part of me. But excellent, it, it's, it's who I am, Senator. Well, Keith and, and I, I will be there. And thank you for having me, both you. I I'll, appreciate it. I no problem. No thank worries. you.
1: We, we do got to get going. But uh, follow us on Facebook. Tommy doesn't have one. But listen to the podcast. And see him on Mondays at Charlie's. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Tommy. <laughs> You're listening
0: to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor. And Alan Lee, right here on L.A. Talk
2: Radio.
1: Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback. Good, honest, terrible, doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Razor Riffs. I am also on Stereo, if you would like to chat with me there, www.stereo.com slash Keith and on Cameo, www.cameo.com slash Keith If you enjoyed the show, please send us a donation on the Anchor app. We really do appreciate it, and we'll rift with you again soon.